Uh, we've been in a series uh, for some time now called Our Source. And I believe this is part six. Let's look at Matthew 6, verse 19. You can go ahead and turn there. We're going to read a, a good amount of scripture here. This has kind of been the basis, a jumping off point for the rest of what we've been saying in this series. I encourage you, if you haven't heard the other messages, go back, listen to them, because we've been covering uh, you know, topics that build on one another. We're not going to recap everything. We'll recap you know, maybe a little bit, but we're, we're not going to recap everything. I encourage you, those are available on the website, or you can go watch. Uh, some of the messages are available uh, as streaming, um, but they're all available on our podcast or on the website. So I encourage you to go listen to those, and uh, it will be a blessing to you. Matthew 6, verse 19, it says, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, do not lay up for yourself treasures, yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. You know, heaven's a real place. Thank God. You know, we, we sometimes hear about it, and, uh, well, that's out there. But you know, it's a real place. Uh, if, you've, if, if a, a loved one that knew Jesus has gone on and, and passed on from this life, they're with Him. They're with the Lord in heaven. And it's a real place. There are people there right now. And, uh, you know, they don't have to deal with, with the, the, the fall that we're dealing with as far as the, you know, God created the earth, but it's a fallen earth. And it's beautiful. I mean, you know, like Shelley was saying earlier, you see the birds chirping and see spring starting to bud, but it's a far cry from what it used to be. But even in its fallen state, it's beautiful. But there is none of that, none of that darkness in heaven. Right now, it is uh, lit by the Son of God, the Lord Himself. They don't need lights like we do because they have God Almighty. It is a, it is a place and so what we do on, he, on this earth, uh, we want to look at it on the basis of eternity and the spiritual realm. That spiritual realm is real. And so everything we do here, we want to make sure it's influenced by the, rea the reality of the spiritual. Everything you see that's naturally here on this earth, it was made from the spiritual. In other words, the spiritual existed first. And it's just as real and more real than everything we see and feel right now. God is on the throne. His word is true. His spirit is with us here on the earth. But we can take comfort in the fact and know there is a heaven. There is a God in heaven. And uh, it's real. And we are going to be there at some point. But we have a job to do right now. But everything that we do on this earth... We want to make sure it's in context of what God said and the reality of the spiritual. Let's read verse 19 again. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. He's saying, don't, don't just look at this natural, where stuff decays, essentially. You know, whether it's rust or, you know, whether it's, you know, moths eating, eating things and, and uh, whatever it is, it's decaying. But it says... Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. We, we don't have a full understanding of what that means, that things don't decay in heaven. That's foreign to us because everything we know here decays. But this is the reality in the spiritual. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, how you're looking at a situation affects what you're going to experience on the inside. And what we were just saying, you, you can look at the situation here on earth, but if we know, I mean, I'm talking about generally speaking, regardless of what we're dealing with in front of us, if we know this isn't all there is, there is a spiritual realm. If we know Christ, we 
are citizens of heaven. What we deal with on earth, on earth here is going to be so short relative to eternity. We, it can inform our decisions. If we're aware of that, even if we had something challenging in front of us, we can look past that to say, wait, this isn't all there is. And our eye, being right, being full of light, can make our insides full of light. Our perception, it uh, determines what we experience, what we are uh, how we go about life uh, in this natural realm is much determined by our perception of what is going on. And so if we have the right perception, then we can be full of light. Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or God and money. We covered, uh, spent... Uh, um, a session on that. You can't look at both things at once. You can't be led by both things. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? What we were just saying, our lives are so much more than just this natural. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, they, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? In other words, look at, the, look at the birds, look at the lilies. They're taken care of. Aren't we more important? We spent some time on that as well. God is our Father. He'll take care of us. Verse 31, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles are those without God. They're seeking these same things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. What are the things? What you need, what you need to eat, what you're going to wear. He knows bills that you have to pay. He knows obligations that you have. He knows what's going on with your business. He knows what's going on with accounts and clients and customers. God knows what we need on this earth. But like we said, this isn't, the, this isn't all there is. This is what we're dealing with. We're in this world, but we're not of the world. We have a Heavenly Father that understands what we're dealing with, but He is greater. For after all, verse 32, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Uh, verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, what things? The things He's just talking about, shall be added to you. So in other words, go after God. Put Him first. Look at His things. Realize as we're walking through this earth, this isn't all there is. God's more important than anything. He is the one that we put first. And it says as we do that, all this other stuff that we need naturally, it's going to be added to it. To us, It doesn't say you'll have to try to add it to yourself. Our primary concern is doing what God said to do in His Word and by His Spirit. Follow Him, and then these other things are going to be taken care of. This is a short journey that we have in this earth. And if we put Him first, then at the time that we spend here, it's going to be the most fruitful. And when we step off into eternity, we're going to look back and say, I focused on the important things. We're going to realize so much of this other stuff, it's burned up, it's gone, it doesn't make any difference anymore. But the things that are of eternal value, serving the Lord, blessing people, loving people, that's going to uh, exist for all eternity. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So he said all this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. This, other, this stuff's going to be added to you. So he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's in front of you. Don't worry about all these things he mentioned, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, how you're going to pay this, how you're going to pay that. He said, 
seek God. Seek Him first. Do what He said to do. These things will be added to you. So He said, don't worry about it. And so we've covered some of these, uh, you know, different, you know, like we mentioned as we were going, just aspects of different parts of these verses. But he said, seek first, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. It is not God's will for us to be without these things. See, he said, uh, Jesus in this whole area is talking about material things. And you can see, he's saying, look, the birds are taken care of. Look, the lilies are, are beautiful. He said, why would you worry about all this stuff? He said, if you'll follow God, these things will be added to you. So it is God's will for us to have what we need. It is God's will for us to be blessed. To not just barely have enough, but to be blessed and have in abundance everything that we need. We need to be just convinced of that fact. That's God's will for us. It is never His will not to have what we need. Let's look at Galatians 3.13. And then we're going to turn back to Deuteronomy and look at some verses of Scripture there. We're going to look at Galatians 3.13. And then if you want to, uh, you can get... Deuteronomy 28, get that place, because we're going to look at quite a few scriptures there. Galatians 3.13 and Deuteronomy 28. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus came and he redeemed us. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, we could spend a long time just talking about the, that we've been redeemed from the curse of law. I want to talk about it in relation to what we're, we, we've been covering in this series and go over some scripture related to this. But the Bible says that, God, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, in Christ, we've been redeemed from what would, from what would be a curse. And we're going to read some of those things that are associated with the curse, especially materially. Let's read verse 13 and 14 again before we move on, and then we'll come back to this as well. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That means we're out from under it. That means that curse, what, and we're going to read some things that are associated with the curse, it has no bearing on us. And we need to understand, when it talks about these material things, we're redeemed from that. It's God's will that that not touch us in any way. It's not ever God's will. He's never teaching us something through that. It's not His will for it to happen in our life. His will is for us to have good and to have everything we need. We just read, Jesus said, don't worry about this stuff. Your Father knows you need these things, and if you just follow Him, you'll have it. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus was cursed for us in our place so that we wouldn't be cursed. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Those are the non-Jewish people. That's us. Without, uh, this Gentiles meant those without God, those who were not Jewish. But it means that even people that weren't born, and we're going to look at another scripture to this effect, even people that weren't born naturally Jewish can be part of the blessing of Abraham through Christ. So we're not cursed, but then it says, not only are we not cursed, then that we could have a blessing on us. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That curse includes poverty or lack or anything that would be not having enough. We're redeemed from it. It's been paid for. Now let's look at Deuteronomy 28. We're going to start in verse 15, then we'll go back to the beginning of the chapter. This is listing out the curses of not 
uh, keeping the old covenant law. And we've been redeemed from this, and we're going to say in Christ, the blessing can come on us. Verse 15, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, let's read that. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then it's, there's a lot of, you can go ahead and read that in Deuteronomy all the way, Deuteronomy 28, all the way to the end of the chapter. It's talking about all these curses. Now we're going to read a few of them that pertain specifically to what we've been talking about in material things. It says, these curses will come upon you if you don't do what God has said. Verse 16, cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. In other words, all the stuff that you're producing here, it's cursed. Verse 19, cursed you shall, shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. In other words, you're cursed in everything you do. Verse uh, 38, we'll skip down to verse 38. It says, you shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in. Well, not everybody, most of us aren't agricultural in the agricultural field, but this is saying, you know, you're going to invest a lot and you're going to get little. That's a curse. We're redeemed from that curse. You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend to them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. Well, you may not have olive trees, you may not have vines, you, vineyards, you may not uh, be planting literal seed, but this is a picture of you're putting your hand to something and it's not producing. You've invested, you've toiled, you've put your work in and you don't get anything back. You've planted, but the locusts eat it up. You plant vineyards, you tend to them, you do all the work, but you don't get to drink any of the produce. Don't get to gather any of the grapes. The worms eat them. So something is destroying what you have put your hand to. Verse 40, you shall have olive trees throughout your territory, you shall, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil. Your oil shall, your olives shall drop off. So you're planting, these people planting olive trees, but they're not able to get the olives because they die. That's a picture of someone investing, someone putting their work in. They, they, they invest, they work, they work, they work, and then they don't get anything. This is, a, this is a curse. This happens in the earth, but this is not God's will. This is not what God wants. And we as Christians are redeemed from anything that looks like this. Jesus has actually paid so that we don't have to experience this. Now let's look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. We read the curses. I wanted to read those first so you can see these are the things we're redeemed from. Now, at the beginning of Deuteronomy, it's saying what would happen if you actually go after God and do what He said. Now there are blessings that are coming on. Now this is the will of God for us. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So God has set out. He said, if you'll do what I told you to do, you'll be blessed and it will overtake you. Does that sound like what Jesus said? He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. 
Here it says, verse 2, all these blessings shall come upon you and they're going to overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. This sounds much better than the other verses we read. Verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and offspring of your flocks. In other words, the things you're doing, they're working. They're blessed. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all you set your hand. And he blesses you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice this language, blessing you in your storehouses where you store the produce of all that you put your hand to. It's blessed. All that you set your hand to. Where we read in the other part when it was the cursing, it's like you set your hand to this, you don't get to eat of it. You set your hand to this, it doesn't work. Here it's saying everything you set your hand to, it's blessed. It works. It produces a crop. It produces profit. In all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain in your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. Everything you do, it's blessed. You shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head, and not the tail. You shall be above only, and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. So you can see this is a picture, and we may come back to this and, and look at this some more after we've looked at some other scripture, but you can say this is a picture of abundance, of blessing. We're talking about materially, this is God's will. He said, if you'll do what I tell you to do. That sounds just like what Jesus said. And we've, we've read other scriptures to that effect, and I believe we'll read some more to that effect as well. Going after him, doing what he said, leads to blessing, leads to abundance, leads to have everything that we need. And this is our right. Anything that looks like those other verses we read in Deuteronomy that are cursed, we're redeemed from that. Let's read Galatians 3.13 again and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Those things we read that were a curse, we're redeemed from it. That means Jesus has paid for it. That means it doesn't have any right in our life. Verse 14, we're redeemed that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the seed in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, it says we're redeemed from the curse, but the blessing, we read the blessings of doing what God has said, and the blessing of Abraham will come upon us. Now, I just want to read you briefly. We're not going to go into this a lot, but Genesis twenty-two fifteen talks about when the Lord was speaking to Abraham, it says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. So this blessing that when it's talking about blessing Abraham, we're going to see in a minute, that blessing, that comes on us through Christ. Through faith in what Jesus did, 
See, all these things that we are reading here, Deuteronomy, those were spoken to the Jewish people. But we're going to read here in a moment, because of our faith in Christ, these same things come upon us. The blessing comes upon us. Even though we're not physically descendants of Abraham, spiritually we are through Christ. Here verse 17 says, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So this is talking to Abraham, saying the whole world's going to be blessed through you. Well, Jesus came through the seed of Abraham, and the whole world has been blessed. And through Christ, this is how we obtain this blessing. Now let's look back at Galatians 3, verse 26. See, we're looking at a picture of what God has done through Jesus and what's ours through Christ. He is our source, and it's His will that we have what He paid for us to have. Galatians 3, verse 26, just a little bit further than the, what we read in Galatians 3, 13, where Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now we're skipping down a little bit further in that chapter. It says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. See, that's how you become a son or a daughter of God, is through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. See, we all have different backgrounds in the natural. But when we come to Jesus, the only way you come to God is through Christ, through Jesus. He's the only way. And as we come to Him, uh, it doesn't matter what your background is, naturally speaking. Who your, who your family is, naturally speaking, that doesn't qualify you to be in the family of God. We all have natural heritage, and thank God uh, for the different things that have, have come through our families, but that doesn't qualify us, nor does it disqualify us for, from the blessings of God, number one, being in the family of God, and then everything we're talking about here, see, it's through Christ. Thank God it's through Him. So when we come into the family of God, our spiritual lineage looks like this. We're born of God. So He's our Father now. You don't have to go back any further than that. Say, well, you know, my great-great-great-great-grandfather did this and this and they were into that. Don't I have to deal with all that? No, you don't. When you become born again, your spiritual heritage is you're a son or daughter of God Almighty. That's it. And you just rest in that. And then go to His Word, see what belongs to us as part of the family, and we act on that. So let's go back to verse 26. For you are all sons in, uh, of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as, many of you were, uh, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That means baptized is a word that just means dunk. As any of you that were come into Christ, there is a water baptism. That doesn't save you, though. That's a, that's a symbol. You know, that's like this ring that I have. This is a symbol that I'm married to Shelly. But this, this ring, I could take it off. I'm still married. Water baptism is, a, is, a, is an outward symbol of what happened in Christ. When the word baptized is used here, it's saying that you were immersed into Christ. For as many of, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek... There is neither slave nor free, doesn't matter your station. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to what was promised to Abraham. So what we've read, Abraham, the blessing came through Abraham, we qualify Whoever's in Christ, see, it doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your nationality, doesn't matter if you're male or female, doesn't matter who you work for, doesn't matter how much money you have, it's through Christ you qualify for the blessing through Abraham, and you are redeemed from all that curse. All the curse we read, we could have read the whole thing, it's a long chapter, but it covers every area of life, there's sickness, disease, all that. It's not from God, but it is in the earth. And so as we follow God and, and trust in what God has done through Christ, we can sidestep all this stuff 
that's in the world. It's not for us. We've been redeemed from it through Jesus. And specifically here, when we read those curses that are in, in Deuteronomy, that your, your, your curse coming in, curse going out, you plant this, it doesn't work, you invest here, it doesn't work. That's, we've been redeemed from that. Jesus paid for us to be free from that, not only be free from that, to live in all those blessings and in the abundance of all He has done for us. So as we go and walk with Him and do what He has called us to do, we can be confident, we can be bold in saying anything that looks like this curse is not to touch us. Anything that we've been qualified for in the blessing, that's what we're to walk off over. Now, I'm going to read a few scriptures here. We could spend, like I said, weeks on this whole thing about uh, being redeemed from the curse of law in all avenues. But I, for my purposes in this series and this morning, I want to read a few scriptures because, uh, you know, that relate to this being done in our life and how it relates to us as Christians and then uh, get to some other scripture. But I want to read you a few scriptures here. Romans 13, verse 8. So we have, it, what does it mean as a Christian? That, that was to the, the Jewish people. It said, if you do everything in the law, well, then these things come on us. And then some people say, well, that's, that's only to the Jewish people. We just read, we qualify through Jesus. But if you go back to these scriptures, it says, well, if you do such and such, then this is going to happen. Well, how does that apply to us? Well, let me read you a few scriptures that relate to this. Romans 13, 8. We've talked about these things in more detail other times, but here for these purposes, I, I want to spend just a little bit of time on these. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no man or no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false wit witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all these are summed up in this saying. Namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. See, in, as Christians, there was all these statutes as part of the Old Covenant. And it's just reading some things here. Uh, you know, you... You, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal. These are all commandments. But it says all these are summed up in this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from them. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to murder them, etc. Love is the New Testament commandment. Verse 10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Therefore, if we're walking in love, we're going to read a couple more scriptures to, to this degree. If we're walking in love, walking by the Spirit of God within us, we, we're fulfilling everything that was intended in the law. Jesus came so that we could be completely made righteous and that we could be accepted by God. As we walk the things out, we want to make sure in this life, we want to make sure we're listening to what's going on on the inside. We don't want to give Satan access in any point. And when Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom of God, what this means is we're going after what he said to do. What, what we as Christians are to do going after him, it's to obey the spirit of God on the inside of us, obey what he's written in the word. And as we do that, and we're talking about this specific, specifically materially, all these blessings, we're qualified Four. Now we're qualified through Jesus, but as we're walking things out, we don't give Satan any place in any of these areas. Let's just read uh, a couple more scriptures. Galatians 5, 13. Verse uh, 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but you through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So again, it says, 
all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love the neighbor as yourself. So love is the New Testament fulfillment of the law. Galatians 5 verse 16 just a verse down says, I said that walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So we, we see here walking according to the love that's in us as Christians, and being led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. We are actually fulfilling, walking in love trumps anything, any commandment. The reason you need a commandment is to keep you in line, but if you're walking by the love of God, the love of God is so much higher than any commandment that we are walking according to everything God would have us to do. Now I say all that to say this, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to us. We're going to read a few other scriptures that say, as we follow him, we read in Deuteronomy. It said, if you do all these things, then these blessings are going to come with us. Well, he's talking to Jewish people. And if you just take that in context, then that would mean you'd have to do everything that they knew about. Well, how do we apply that now? Well, just what I'm saying. The New Testament commandment is walking in love and being led by the Spirit. So as we bring it over and we're doing that, we're qualifying for all the things. We can take these scriptures and say, as I plant, it is going to come back to me. I am blessed coming in through Christ and through me putting it into action, yielding to Him, putting Him first, then I am qualified to walk in all these blessings. The curse has no part in my life. So we can boldly stand up and say anything that looks like that, it cannot stand. And we can be bold and strong in what God has said. Now let's look at a few scriptures we looked at last week. Or not last week, but last time we talked about this. Proverbs 3 verse 9. <clears throat> Proverbs 3 verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats brim over with new wine. Honor the Lord. See, this is part of doing what he said. That's what when we see, see, they in, in the old covenant, they had laws and statutes. And this was part of it. it said, if you'll do what I tell you to do, all these things are going to come on you. Well, this is saying the same thing in this area. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with to overflowing. Your vats brim over with new wine. Doesn't that sound like what we read back in Deuteronomy? That your, he'll bless your storehouses. All that you set your hand to will prosper. Everything, you'll be blessed in everything that you do. In the Amplified, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats be overflowing with new wine. This is God's will for us. Everything we're reading, Jesus said, don't worry about all this stuff like everybody else is worrying. You just do what God tells you to do. And my will is that you'll have everything. And it will come on you. We read in Deuteronomy that the blessing will overtake you as what? We look to Him as our source. Here it's saying you honor God according to what? Well, they had laws in the Old Covenant. We in the New Covenant, there's certain things that we follow and we believe Him. And as we follow Him and do what He said to do, put Him first, honor Him, then we can expect the blessing to be on us. We read Malachi 3 verse 10. Last time, let's look at that. It is God's will for us to have everything we need all the time. Malachi 3.10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this. God is actually saying, I dare you. Try me. Do this and see if there won't be this result. 
He said, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. Does that sound like the other things we're talking about? You do, you come to me, you put me first, and I'm going to pour out for you such a blessing, you can't contain it. We're seeing over and over God's will for his people is for us to have an abundance. It, anything that looks like lack is not his plan. It's not his purpose. In fact, Jesus redeemed us from, for, from that. So if we'll just go to him and say, Lord, all right, you're first. What would you like me to do? Lord, you show me and follow him. Follow his word. Put him first. Follow the spirit of God. God has said over and over, you will be blessed. There's nowhere that says, you'll follow me, you'll do everything I told you to do, and well, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you're going to go bankrupt. It, it, there's nothing like that. Everything is you follow him, it's going to follow you. It's going to overtake you. The blessings are going to come upon you. Here it says, uh, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the, the windows of heaven... And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, in the other place, when we were looking at Deuteronomy and the curses, it was saying, you're going to sow and the worm would eat it up. You're going to sow and the olives would fall down. Here it said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. That means stuff will not be eaten up. That means stuff will not be deteriorated. That means you work and the fruit of your labor comes forth. That means you work and you follow God and you're blessed. And the thing is that nothing can overtake that blessing of God. There may be something that looks like, no, this looks like the curse. This looks bad. And when we come up against something like that, we have to say, no, I am following the Lord. We are blessed. This has no place in our life. We are going to have what God said we have. See, Satan is devious. And if he can con a Christian into accepting, into accepting something that is less than what Jesus has provided, of course he's going to try to do that. That's what religion is so many times. It gets people to accept things that aren't biblical and in the extreme get people to accept that somehow God is behind destruction. Well, that's not true. He said, if you do it my way, you're going to be blessed. But religion will say, well, if you do something, you don't know. You know, God might just take you out. God might just make your business fail because, you know, he's trying to teach you something. You might just not have enough food. No, nothing that we've read in the scripture is saying that. It's all saying that we're blessed. Let's read the rest of this verse. Verse 11, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of house. Who did he say he's going to rebuke? The devourer. See, that's not of God. Anything that devours, anything that fails, anything that destroys, that's not God. See, all these things, the Lord says, I'll rebuke and you, you will, these things will not fail. And he said, if, if you'll do what I tell you to do, you're going to have more than enough. You're going to have more than enough. Let's look... Um, before we go on, I want to read you a few more scriptures here. But I want to just, I've been quoting some of this, but if you can just put up Deuteronomy, um, let's go back to Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now that we've read some of these other scriptures, I want you to just, we're going to look through this and we're going to go on a little bit further. But let's look through these things and say, seeing these, this is what God has said. He said, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. So what does that mean for us? We know that in Jesus we qualify. We know, he said, listen to the voice of the Lord your God. We're tentative. Say, God, what would you have me to do? I want to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. You show me. Lord, I'm going to follow your spirit. I'm going to be sensitive to you. I'm going to put you first. He says, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings shall. That's not indecisive. That's not vague. Shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. This is awesome. This is, you are blessed here, there, everywhere. You're blessed, blessed. This happens, you're blessed. This happens, you're blessed. This is the abundance of God. This is His will for us as Christians. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and, and will flee before you seven ways. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse and in all to which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you. Well, we're a holy people. Through Christ, we're in this same boat. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, then all the people of the earth shall see you and call you by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and the produce of your ground. You could say in the increase of your business. You, you excel on your job. All the things that would apply. See, this is a certain type of, of society, but you're seeing everything is blessed. And look at right here, it says this uh, even more completely. The increase of the livestock, the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good, good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain in your land in season and to bless all the work of your hand. That means whatever you do, it's going to be blessed. It said, you shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. That means you're at the top, not at the bottom. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. That means we're following Him. Lord, you said I would be blessed. I'm sticking close to you. Why would I want to go over here? If I go over here, I don't want to mess with something else following somebody else and some other God. In other words, I don't want to put anything before the Lord. Why would I want to do that? I just got run, done reading this list. I see this all over the scripture. It says, if I'll serve you, you don't have ill will toward me. You're not going to make me do without. I serve you because I love you and because I'm so thankful for all Christ has done. But you don't treat your children poorly. You want us to be blessed all the time, everywhere. Why would I go at all away from you. I'm not going to go away over here. I'm going to say, Lord, where, wherever you, whatever you want me to do, whatever you have for me, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here because I love you. But you said, why, why would I be that dumb? If I look at this, this list, what in there is bad? It's all good. And that's God's will for us. I mean, I, I'm blessed, 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 blessed. So I'm saying, God, Thank you, and I just serve you, and I love you, and I push in. You have great things for your children. Just let me, I'll read a, a few more scriptures as we get close to wrapping up here. Isaiah 1, verse 19. These are scriptures we can look at. I encourage you. They're on the website. Go download them, print them out, look at them, make them ours, make them yours. Say, look, this is mine. This is God's word. This is what He wants for me. Not just generally, not somebody out there, but this is ours. And if you're, you know, husband and wife is so powerful, you guys agree together and say, this is ours. This is for us. This is what God wants for us. He wants everything that we set our hands to, to be blessed. Your children, you know, you can pray for your children. And, and you know, if you have adult children, no, this is what our family walks in. We are blessed. We are serving the Most High and we are blessed, just as it says in these things. Isaiah 1.19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. What does that look like again? Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm here. Wherever you want me to go, I'm going after you. I'm, get, I'm staying close to you. It says, you will eat the good of the land. In the Amplified, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. In the Passion Translation, 
It says, if you have a willing heart to let me help you. Well, that takes humility right there. We got to go to God and say, Lord, I can't do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. Lord, you're my God. Lord, I bow my knee to you. Lord, I'm going to do what you would have me to do. I'm going after you. I'm going to do it your way. And I know that you're going to take care of me. Well, it takes humility. Acknowledge he is. He is, it says in Hebrews 11, if you have faith, you have to come to him and believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We come to him with that, that heart and say, Lord, I serve you because you are God and I love you. But you don't treat your children bad. I come to you and I, I know that I need you. And I'm going to do what you, have, you would have me to do. Verse 19, if you have a willing heart to let me help you, and if you will obey me, you will feast on the blessings of an abundant harvest. Does that line up with everything else we've seen? You will. said, if you will have a willing heart to let me help you, if you will obey me, do what I told you to do, stay hooked up with me, you will feast on the blessings of an ab abundant harvest. God's will is abundance. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. That's God's will. I, I, will that, I, I want you to prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. You can see that. Abundance, abundance, abundance. That's God's will for His children. Nothing else. Don't let the, the enemy or any religion talk you out of what the Word says here. The Word says God wants us to have everything we need. Well, you know that. For your loved ones, if you have children, if you, you know, your mother, father, brother, sister, people you love, don't you want them to do well? You would want them to have everything they need. Well, God, that comes from the heart of God. And here it says, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That means just as your mind prospers, as you understand, and I understand more of what he has for us, our prosperity comes up. Maybe we, were, we thought, well, maybe that's God that's taking this or that because religion told us some lie that said somehow it's God's will for us not to have something. And as our mind becomes enlightened and our heart opens up to the fact that God's will is that we have everything we need. Our, it says our prosperity comes up. God said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. He wants good for us. And He's provided for us through Jesus. The ability to prosper. He's redeemed us from any curse that would steal, kill, destroy. That's the devil. And so we can boldly say we will prosper in everything that we set our hands to as we follow Him. And then we know it's Him. And we give Him all the glory. As we prosper, we don't say, well, well I did this, this was all me. We say, oh no, I just followed Him. And He's such a good God. And look what He's done. And that heart of, you know, we're so thankful that we are just in His service. And it's just a cycle that keeps going up and up and up and we will give God all the glory. Amen.